0: Well, good morning once again, friends. Good so good seeing you all. I love seeing all your faces. This is, this is my favorite moment of the week, just looking out, seeing all of you. And um, this, last week we talked about spiritual blindness in John chapter 9. And uh, I've been reminded all week long how blind I really am. As I've watched my March Madness bracket <laughs> slowly implode <laughs> over the last few days. I came out, I was like four for four. I was like, oh, I'm going to win this year. No, I'm, I'm like at the bottom. It's terrible. But this morning, we're continuing our sermon series through the Gospel of John, and I, and I do want to thank all of you who've, who've let me know how God is speaking to you and encouraging you through this series. Uh, a shepherd is glad to know what's going on in the hearts and minds of his people. So thank you. Biblical scholar Tim Laniaki he taught at Gordon-Conwell for a while, and he, was, he once spent, spent a sabbatical learning all about shepherding. And he went over to the Middle East, spent some time in Saudi Arabia, and he learned shepherding from the Bedouin people. They've been shepherding for centuries, passing down this vocation from father to son for centuries. And uh, he was asking some shepherds, uh, what does it take to be a shepherd? And he would carefully record their responses. And one of them struck him the most, and it struck me the most. And one shepherd said to him, what really matters Is that you have the heart for it. So basically, if you have the heart for it, you can can do it. You can learn it. But then he said to him, My sons, my sons don't have the heart for this work. So they don't deserve the business. I would rather sell my flock to other people than give them to my sons who don't have the heart for this work. I contend to you this is what's going on in John chapter 10. Because God is intimately concerned about you, about your life. And we all come into this world needing guidance and leadership. We really need shepherding. We need shepherds. Uh, if John Maxwell is right that, that everything rises and falls on leadership, then much of the quality of our lives is connected to how well leaders lead and shepherds shepherd. But sadly, sometimes we experience bad, ineffective, self-serving leadership. People who give the title leader, shepherd, or pastor a bad name. These are people who don't deserve the family business. This is God's heart in John chapter 10. I invite you to turn there with me. We're going to look at what's going on. The, The problem is the shepherds of Israel don't have the heart of God. And therefore, God is going to give it to somebody else who will shepherd them with his heart. Now, you need to know that John 10, it's the continuation of uh, the story we heard last week in John chapter 9. Y'all remember that the chapters and divisions aren't original to the Greek and Hebrew, right? Those were added after the fact. So this is the same story as John 9 about the man who was healed, uh, who was born blind. And it ended with the Pharisees throwing this man out of the synagogue for believing in Jesus. They are bad shepherds. So the parable about Jesus being the good shepherd is just as equally about the religious leaders being bad shepherds. In fact, they are the thieves and robbers of this story. Now, to get a little context, behind this parable, I think, lies uh, allusions to a chapter in the Bible, Ezekiel 34. Um, This was a prophecy that condemned the leaders of the people, the shepherds of Israel. So let's look at what it says. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. I am against the shepherds and will hold them accountable for my flock. I will remove them from tending the flock so that, so that the shepherds can no longer feed themselves. I will rescue my flock from their mouths and it will no longer be food for them. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. Now let's go down a little bit later to Ezekiel 34 verses 23. It's the same chapter, same prophecy. God says, I will place over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will tend them. He will tend them and be their shepherd. I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David will be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. So, essentially, God is saying, I'm going to remove the shepherds of Israel. I, myself, will shepherd them. And then he says, I'm going to place over them one shepherd, my servant David. Now, Ezekiel is writing centuries after King David has, was alive. So when he says that, I will place uh, over them David, he is talking about a son of David, a son of the king, the promised Messiah who would come into the world. So Ezekiel essentially says two things. Can you, are you following me on this? He says that God is going to come shepherd the people himself, and I'm going to send the Messiah to shepherd the people of Israel. Do you follow me? So which is it? Is it going to be God to shepherd the people, or is it going to be the Messiah? Yes! Some of you caught on to that already. In Jesus Christ, the answer is yes. Jesus, the son of David, the son of God. And when Jesus calls himself the good shepherd, I don't think he's just giving himself a cute title. He's not just giving himself a cute name. He's, He's claiming to be God. He's saying he is the Messiah that God promised to send as a shepherd. And that means the bad shepherds are out and the good shepherd is here. What an amazing thing. And last week, we also talked about how are we seeing Jesus. And we talked about the different lenses uh, that, we, that come to mind, the different images that come to mind when we think of Jesus. And I confess, I rarely think of Jesus as a shepherd. I rarely think of this. I, and I wonder if you have the same experience. Shepherds are so foreign to our culture. I've never met a shepherd. I've never seen a shepherd in my life. But for Jesus' audience, for John's audience, everyone knew about shepherds. Shepherding was one of the dominant metaphors for God and his people. So because we're so removed from this metaphor, I think it'd be helpful to spend some time meditating upon what this means for us. You know, we we said this morning that we would proclaim the goodness of God with every breath that I I am able. So this morning, with every second I have of this sermon, I want to proclaim to you the goodness of our shepherd. We can feast upon how good he is. So why is Jesus the good shepherd? The first reason is this. Is Jesus the shepherd seeks out his lost sheep. Now I'm not going to go necessarily in chronological order in the text. I'm going to jump down to verse 16 to begin with. Jesus says, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reality is every Person in this universe is ultimately a sheep that belongs to God. But sheep are prone to wander, they are prone to wander off ledges and get themselves in all kinds of messes. And the prophet Isaiah said, "We all like sheep, we've gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. We tend to reject the leadership, the guidance of a shepherd. We do what we want. We seek our own will. we sin. But as we do, we get so lost. We get ourselves in a hot mess. Have you ever gotten yourself in a mess? Man, I know I have. But like a good shepherd, Jesus seeks out the lost sheep. He once told a story about the shepherd who leaves the 99 in the open country, goes after the lost sheep until he finds it, and when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders, and he goes home and he calls his friends and his neighbors and says, let's rejoice together. I have found my lost sheep. Oh friend, God may have the 99, but if he doesn't have you, he's going to seek you out until he finds you. And notice that when he finds you, there's no scolding. There's no, how foolish you are, little sheep. No, I rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. Friends, if God hadn't sought me out, I wouldn't, there's no way I would be here today. I don't, I don't deserve to be a pastor. I don't deserve to have been found by God. But when I was a 13-year-old kid, so lost, God sought me out. My church sent me to camp. I heard the gospel, and I was found. I'm eternally grateful. And I just want to say to you, some of you, you're, you're, you're around 13, maybe younger, you're listening to me. It's never too early to let Jesus be your shepherd. To let him into your life and to guide your life. When I was a teenager, I did that and it changed me. It changed me. You see, God loves you individually. He loves you for who you are. He says he calls his own sheep by name. You aren't a number to God. He knows every hair on your head. He knows everything that's on your mind. He knows everything you do and everything you've done. And He loves you with a boundless love. So we rejoice that God has has sought us out. Although undeserving sheep we are, He finds us and brings us in. But I say to us for those of us who have been found, for those of us who are safely in the sheep pen, may we forever hear these words of Jesus I have other sheep. Not of this sheep pen. I must, I must bring them in also. Now, here in this text, Jesus is referring to the Gentiles, the nations, all those outside of Israel. But I believe Jesus would say this today, and I believe he would say this to us. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them in also. You see, there are lots of lost sheep around us, lots of lost sheep around you. People you know, people you work with, people you live next to. And God is wanting, God is desiring. Jesus says, I must bring them in also. But how will they come unless someone invites them? How will they know about Jesus unless someone tells them? How will they be found unless someone seeks them out? See, every one of us needs to make it our personal mission to work with Jesus, to bring his sheep into his fold. We must bring them in, compel them in, keep inviting them in. We wanna invite them, keep sharing. They are God's lost sheep. This is why we're gonna hide 3,000 Easter eggs for Easter Explosion, because we wanna invite the sheep that are not yet of the sheep pen. This is why I'm gonna preach the gospel on Easter Sunday, and why I implore you bring a friend, because they're gonna hear the gospel. Jesus has other sheep, not of the sheep pen. Don't just bring yourself. If you can can handle it, if you can take an opportunity, bring someone with you. Because Jesus says, I must bring them in also. And why would we want to invite them? Because Jesus is so good. Jesus is the greatest. He is the best. Let me keep telling you why he's so good. The second reason why he's the good shepherd is because he intimately guides his sheep. Going back to verse 3. The sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name. He leads them out. When he's brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Can anybody here this morning testify to the fact that God has guided you through life? I was hoping for a bigger amen than that. (laughs) Can any one of you testify that God has been your good shepherd and guided you through your life? There we go. Amen. I thought there were more of you where that was true. I thought that was true. We're where we are because God has led us all the way. You see, shepherds, they have an intimate relationship with the sheep, often literally giving each one a different, unique name. There goes Skippy. There goes Spot. There goes Fluffy. He'd give them each of a name, maybe something to do with how they looked. And actually, the sheep learned the voice of their shepherd, and they might even have a unique call uh, to lead their flock. And Tim Keller, Pastor Tim Keller, says, a shepherd is someone who lives with the sheep. The shepherd never goes home. The shepherd lives with the sheep and sleeps with the sheep. The shepherd does everything for the sheep. The shepherd is the sheep's protector and provider and physician and leader and guide and owner. The shepherd is everything to the sheep friend Jesus wants to be everything to you everything to you your protector your provider your healer your leader your guide your friend your king and he wants to show you how to live your life if you follow him when when he has brought out his own it says he goes on ahead of them now when I think of shepherds I think of them driving the sheep right? I think of them kind of pushing them and driving them where they need to go but actually that's not how it is When when he's brought the sheep out, it says he goes on ahead of them. The shepherd's in the front. And that is what Jesus is for us. In some ways, he's already done this. He, he He came down from heaven to be the perfect example of how to live, how to love, how to seek the kingdom first. But then more than that, he's actually literally gone on ahead of us through death in the resurrection into the heavens. And so he has shown us the way to go. But that's why we fix our eyes on him because he is our forerunner. But friends, he's not just an example. He's still our living shepherd. He's alive. And he shepherds us now. How does he do it? By the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit. You know, our triads are memorizing a verse in John 14. But the advocate whom the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send you in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything that I have said to you. The Holy Spirit's job is to guide and lead and counsel and remind us. And through the Holy Spirit, we hear God's voice intimately leading us through every decision of our lives, big or small. Is anybody facing a difficult decision right now? A transition in life? Perhaps a small decision where you're you're not sure what to do. You have a living shepherd. You have a living shepherd. You have the Holy Spirit who is in you to guide you, to lead you. Ask him and he will lead you by the Holy Spirit. But don't forget, it's our job to listen. It's our job to listen to whatever means he sends to guide us in our lives. That comes often through so many things. Worship, prayer, through other people. But we want to listen to our shepherd. The third reason why Jesus is so good is that Jesus nurtures his sheep he nurtures them going back to verse 7 it says i'm the gate for the sheep all who come before me are thieves and robbers but the sheep have not listened to them i'm the gate whoever enters through me will be saved they will come in and go out and find pasture the thief comes only to steal kill and destroy i have come that they may have life and have it to the full why did jesus come so we'd have life Life to the full, to receive the nurture, the the things that we need for a full and abundant life. But the thieves and robbers, what do they want to do? Kill and destroy, steal and destroy. Who are the thieves and robbers? Now, I've always thought that this was primarily Satan, which I think definitely spiritually is true. But if we're reading in context with John 9, Jesus is also indicting the religious leaders. They are the thieves and robbers. They are the ones who are in this for self-interest, oppressing the sheep for their own gain. I mean, a man, uh, a man was born blind who was just healed. And they don't even care. They condemn him as a sinner and they throw him out. You're a bad shepherd, a thief and a robber. And maybe you're someone here, you're, you're here and you've been, you've been hurt or you've, you've suffered under bad leadership. And God knows and God is not pleased with that. He knows that some leaders are thieves and robbers. But Jesus, he sees the suffering of the blind man and he works for their healing. And so if that's you, if you've experienced that, Jesus wants to come and, 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 and nurture you. The Lord is our shepherd, we shall not want. He, he lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. He renews my life. Does that mean we won't have problems or issues? Of course not. You need renewal precisely because life is hard. And so the shepherd comes to nurture and renew and to heal. Now, the world is very dangerous for sheep. In fact, they they experience all kinds of suffering. They go through droughts. They have attacked from wild wild animals. They have sicknesses that can spread through the whole herd. They can eat things that harm them, uh, thieves and robbers, etc. But what does the shepherd do when that happens? Scholar William Barclay, he writes, At the end of the day, When the sheep were going into the fold, the shepherd held his rod across the entrance, quite close to the ground. Every sheep had to pass under the rod. And as each sheep passed under, the shepherd examined to see if it had received any kind of injury during the day. The shepherd wants to individually attend to the wounds, to the things that hurt, to the things that harm his sheep. And Jesus wants to do that for us. And he does that for us. And that's why Paul, he praises God. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all mercies, the God of all comfort. He comforts us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as the sufferings of Christ overflow to us, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. Our comfort overflows in Christ. He heals our wounds and comforts us in our distress. Oh, what a good shepherd he is. But also don't forget why he does it. He does it so that as we receive his comfort, so that we may comfort anybody else in any kind of affliction. He heals us so we can go be wounded healers ourselves. As we've experienced his nurture and his comforting. So who might God be sending you right now to comfort you? And how can you recognize that as God's gracious hand? Or who might God be sending you to, to comfort them in their affliction? So Jesus nurtures his sheep. And finally, for today, Jesus is so good because Jesus will save his sheep forever. Forever. Eternally. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd, does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Jesus is saying the religious leaders of his day, they are the hired hands with with no personal investment in the people. And that's why Jesus saw most of the people of his day, most of the people of Israel. He, what did he say about them? They are like sheep without a shepherd. And oh, how his heart was filled with compassion for his people. What was the wolf that came to attack them? I don't know. Maybe it was the harsh oppression of Rome, the economic oppression and inequality, the poverty. That they experienced the demonic oppression suffered by the people could be all kinds of things. But in the midst of their their adversity, Israel's leaders did not help them. In fact, they often partnered with Rome to stay with to stay in power. They often made things harsher and worse. But Jesus will never abandon his sheep in adversity. He will never run away. He owns you. You are his sheep. He has a personal investment in you. He has a deep attachment to you. He made you. So how far will he go to save you? He went all the way. I lay down my life for the sheep. Now, shepherds, they would often often literally risk their lives for the sheep. In fact, King David was a shepherd before he became king, right? And he says, I fought the lion, I fought the bear to protect my sheep. But the reality is, shepherds would not typically die for the sheep. Because after all, who would watch over the sheep if the shepherd died? Right? But that's why Jesus is the greatest shepherd. He lays down his life to save you, to redeem you, to bring you into his sheepfold. And now nothing, now nothing in this universe can ultimately harm you. Death cannot even harm you. It's no longer your enemy. Satan cannot win. You are eternally protected because he gave his life for you. Jumping down to verse 27. Jesus says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. And I remember as a kid, my dad used to tease us. He'd maybe take something from us, a small trinket of some kind. And he would make us try to get it out of his hand. My dad's a pretty big guy. Strong arms. And there was no way. We could never get the toy out of his hand. He would tease, tease. It wasn't until he let up that we could get what we were searching for. See, friends, your father, your Lord and Savior, he's so strong. He's stronger than anything. He's more powerful than anything. And if your life is in his hands, no one or nothing can snatch you out of his hand. Not stress, not difficulties, not problems, not trials, not sufferings, not conflict, not disappointments, not failures, not Satan himself, not death. Nothing can snatch you out of your father's hand. You are protected by your good shepherd forever and always. And God, it may not feel like it, but God will never abandon you in the darkness. He is close to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. So no matter what you're going through right now, let me just remind you, he will help you. He will strengthen you. He will comfort you. And he will use all kinds of people and all kinds of means to do this. With Jesus, you're going to make it. You're going to get through it. Whatever it may be. 1 Peter 5.10 5, 10 says, After you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, establish, and strengthen you. He will strengthen you to the end. Do you need the Lord to strengthen you to the end today? Do you need his help to persevere? And whatever trial you might be facing, he will do it. He is the good shepherd. So friends, From the moment God calls us by name, from the moment we begin this journey with Jesus, to the very end, when we spend eternity with him, he's the good shepherd. And he's really good. Really good. He will intimately guide you. He will nurture you. He will protect you until at last you come into his kingdom. And in the meantime, he sends you out to go care for his other sheep, to bind up their wounds, And then he also sends you out, he reminds you, I have other sheep, not yet in this sheep pen. I must bring them in also. Will you join Jesus in bringing in the other sheep? With a shepherd this good, how could we not? How could we not with joy keep inviting, keep trying, keep bringing lost souls to Jesus, the great shepherd of our souls? Will you consider that this morning? Amen.